heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Hello, everybody. John B. with gangreennation.com here, and this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this show. It is available on both iTunes and Audioboom. And if you like what you hear, give it good ratings. Well, the Jets season is over. We are transitioning into the offseason. It should be an eventful offseason. The Jets are likely to make some pretty substantial roster changes. And they the moves have begun. The Jets uh, announced earlier in the week that Chan Gailey will not return to the team. The offensive coordinator is retiring um, if you read between the lines, it seems like uh, the Jets did not want him back, and maybe they gracefully allowed him to say that he was retiring. He really was let go. Jets also announced a number of other coaches would be leaving the staff. Uh, today is Thursday. On Thursdays, we usually do a mailbag se- sh- segment uh, from your questions in the comments section of gangreennation.com. So why don't we get to it? And the first question deals with the offensive coordinator vacancy and it it is the Jets have two young quarterbacks who need development maybe a lot of development young coaches like John DeFilippo concern me with how little experience they have I'm hoping for an older guy who has a track record of developing a quarterback or two who should we bring in Uh, DeFilippo is the Eagles quarterbacks coach and uh, there have been some stories linking him to the Jets nothing definitive uh Really, this story has just mentioned that he's going to probably be in the mix. He actually was in the mix two years ago uh, when the Jets ended up uh, Jets ended up not bringing him aboard. But when Todd Bowles was first hired, there were some rumors. So this is not the first time DeFilippo's name has come up around the Jets. He actually was, was on Rex Ryan's original staff back in 2009. With DeFilippo, uh, first, uh, a disclaimer is he, I went to Boston College. Um, undergrad and his father was the athletic director at the school and his father ran the athletic program into the ground he was a total egomaniac his ego drove out a number of very successful coaches across a number across multiple sports so the name DiFilippo is not one that I love I will do my best to separate my feelings from the job his father did uh, with John DiFilippo who you know his a different guy from his father. Now that said, this is not the type of uh, hire that would excite me. It's not necessarily the age. It's more that I look at the resume and I think back to my college days and near the end, when I, I was looking for a job after I graduated late in my senior year, I went to this um, networking event that uh, was held on campus. And one of the, th- the guy who ran it said something that really stuck with me. And he he talked about how when you send your resume to a company, you need to have what's known as a wow statement to kind of get their attention. Because when you, you're probably one out of a hundred people who sent the resume. So you only will get an interview if you do something, if you have something there that really sticks out, that really nobody else can say they do. And that's what the wow statement is. The wow statement is something that makes the hiring manager say, wow, this is somebody I really need to uh, speak with. This is somebody who has done something beyond what any of these other applicants have done. 
and you know it could be you have an excellent gpa it could be that you know you ran a successful business in high school and college could be any number of things um uh, what's my point here my my point is that i look at defilippo's resume and there's nothing that makes me go wow this would be a great hire and it's less his age it's less his experience it's just i look at it um you know quarterback coach with the eagles this year Carson Wentz, not bad. Up and down. Uh, 2015 offensive coordinator with the Browns. Not a very good offense. Did not have a lot of talent, though. 2014 quarterback coach with the Raiders. Derek Carr, a rookie. Not terrible for a rookie, but certainly did not come close to reaching the heights that he would after Filippo left. Um, with the Jets, Mark Sanchez. He was you know an assistant position coach. I'm not sure how much... You could really judge his quality as an assistant position coach. The Raiders, uh, you know, another stint with the Raiders did not go well. He worked with Jamarcus Russell. I don't know that I blame him for that. Uh, you know, there are lots of excuses, but there's a difference between saying this is a possible reason that this guy wasn't that great and saying this guy would be great if things were, if he was in a better circumstance. We don't know that. You're really just kind of guessing. There's nothing that really jumps out at me at, for Filippo that makes me say this guy is a would be a phenomenal hire. There, there really isn't. There's no, there's nothing that makes me say wow. There's no wow statement. So it's it's not so much the age. If you had a young guy who was an up and comer who had shown a lot of creativity, maybe you know he was on the fast track. He even if he was in college. I wouldn't. I would not be against it. Sometimes, you know, a young guy can infuse some new ideas into a team because you're not as dead set in the ways of the of the past as you know a, an older guy might be. So it's not so much age as much as it is that I look at his track record and there's nothing that really excites me there. Now I don't think this would be you know an abysmal hire. I don't think that this is the type of thing that I'd be really upset about, but. It's also not the type of thing that would get me that excited because I just don't see a lot in his track record that suggests I should be excited. Now, who who would I want to bring in? I, I think you got to go for you know either somebody young and a hot, you know, somebody on the rise, or a proven commodity, you know, a Norv Turner, a Mike McCoy, somebody somebody along those lines. And I'd prefer a big name because. I want a guy who has a track record with where the Jets are, where the Jets are going to need to develop a quarterback. I'm not convinced Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg is ultimately going to be the guy the Jets build around in the future. I think they could be in the market for for a quarterback early this season. I know a lot of people don't want that, but I think it's a distinct possibility. So I would like to see the Jets go out and get an established name. You know, Ken Wisenhunt, that's a guy who has uh, some ties to Todd Bowles in the past. So that would be, and I think Wisenhunt is a pretty good offensive coach. You look at uh, the job he did with Ben Roethlisberger. People forget Kurt Warner. A lot of people thought Kurt Warner's career was over. He seemed totally washed up after he left the Rams, even late in his Rams career. Wisenhunt was part of the crew that helped resurrect his career. He uh, went to San Diego after the Cardinals let him go. Phillip Rivers had a pretty bad 2012. Well, not maybe not terrible, but down 2012, people thought he maybe on the downswing. Wisenhunt, was, along with McCoy, Wisenhunt was the offensive coordinator, McCoy was the head coach. Rivers turned it around under those guys. 
So that would be another name. I, I want somebody who's established. I, I don't really have a lot of young guys who come to mind. I, I wouldn't mind somebody. You know, there may be somebody off the radar who I'm not thinking of. You know, a young creative guy. You know, new hot guy. I don't think that's DiFilippo. So I, my inclination would be to go out and get a, you know, a brand name coordinator. So that that's where I'm going. So the next question actually deals with the coordinator position yet again. And it deals with the guy I mentioned, McCoy. And the question is, while Mike McCoy may be a good offensive coordinator per se, if I recall correctly, he's really only worked with good quarterbacks like uh, Phillip Rivers. We need more of a quarterback whisperer. Buffalo was such a zoo this year, I was wondering if Greg Roman is worth an interview for offensive coordinator. Um, I don't agree that McCoy's only worked with good quarterbacks. Now, first of all, you have to remember, he was part of the mix that, as I mentioned, helped kind of get Rivers back on track after his career wasn't looking as promising as it had earlier in his career. So I would, uh, but I think, you know, you look at his past. He was in Carolina. Jake DeLome had some pretty solid seasons under him. DeLome's not really that great of a quarterback. Um, In Denver, Kyle Orton played some of the best ball of his career. Now, I know Josh McDaniels was the head coach in Denver. You know, you don't know how much of it was McDaniels, how much of it was McCoy. Um, so that, you know, that's another guy who comes to mind and McCoy was the offensive coordinator for Tim Tebow and Tebow obviously was not a successful pro quarterback, but McCoy did something really interesting is he, he kind of rebuilt the offense on the fly, put in a lot of the run heavy read option stuff that Tebow could run. Tebow could not run a regular NFL offense. I don't think Denver would have won a game that year. And while the offense was limited, it was, you know, he played to Tebow's strengths. He did. He felt like a very limited offensive package that Tebow actually could execute was better than a more expansive playbook that Tebow could not execute. So Denver played, you know, they played ball control. They ran the ball. They were they did not score a lot of points, but they, in some cases, kept their defense off the field. You know, they were in trouble if they ever fell behind, but that was the best you could do with a guy like Tebow. And then Peyton Manning comes in, and I know it's easy to say Peyton Manning. Obviously, anybody could look good under him. But McCoy, you know, McCoy was adaptable. He moved from the what he did with Tebow and helped Manning install a lot of the things Manning was comfortable with. Now, I don't know how much credit you can give him for that because I think any smart coordinator would yield a lot of uh, authority to Manning. But I, I think McCoy is a, a very good offensive coach. He definitely is a guy I would have in the mix if I were the Jets. I think he's he's proven himself. Now, as far as the second uh, part of the question it's about Greg Roman who was fired by the Bills after week two a loss to the Jets where the Bills actually had a pretty good offensive day um, I, I agree the Bills were pretty dysfunctional this season and uh, you get the feeling that Roman's dismissal was not a Rex Ryan call it sounds like the ownership may have gotten involved and you know, just an ugly situation in Buffalo uh, very disappointing season for the Bills they're disappointing couple of seasons for the Bills. And you know, a lot of people don't like Roman. I, I think Roman gets a little bit of a bad rap. I think he's a very creative offensive guy. I think he's had some success. You know, he's had some, some, some success and made a couple really limited quarterbacks look good. Um, guy was run out of San Francisco. People blamed him for uh, Colin Kaepernick not developing. Well, I think looking back, maybe Roman kind of did a good job of hiding Kaepernick's deficiencies for a pretty you know for a couple of years there before the league caught up you know you look at Tyrod Taylor a guy who was a you know career backup I 
I'm shocked how good Tyrod Taylor was with Buffalo. And now I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I see a lot of people suggesting that the Jets go out and pay Taylor big money. I think Taylor is a decent stopgap, which is way better than I ever thought he would be. And, you know, I disagreed with some people last year heading into the season. I laughed at Buffalo, and a lot of people told me Taylor could be pretty decent, and those guys were right. I was wrong. Uh, I'm not sure Roman is really a quarterback whisperer, though, so I'm not sure he's the guy I would pick. I think he's more of a run game guru, and I think he's very creative. I think for what he does, he does it very well. I just don't think that he's the type of big-time quarterback developer that I would want the Jets to bring in. So that that's how I feel on uh, that front. Now, our, our next question deals with the tight end position. Uh, tight end, Austin Safarian Jenkins is slash was a pretty solid tight end. Which of the potential offensive coordinators could make the best use of him? Uh, and this has been a running theme the last two years with the Jets. Uh, people are... People have noted that the tight end position has not been productive at all from the Jets. And, you know, you go through Jets history, and there have been a lot of poor uh, moves to bring in tight ends that have not worked out uh, for this team. You know, you, you go back, you can go back years on that front. So the question it, you know, deals with the tight end position, a lot of, a lot of frustration there. I guess what I would say is um, what I... Uh, I think the tight end, the lack of production at the tight end, yeah, you'd like a little more, but this is not the type of offense that should really be building around the tight end. Now, I know it's it's, it's an assumption to say that everybody's going to be back, but look at this receiving core. If everybody does come back, you got Brandon Marshall, you got Eric Decker, Quincy Anunua, uh Robbie Anderson, you got Bilal Powell out of the backfield. Matt Forte will probably be back if the Jets ever threw to him. Uh, they might realize he's one of the most decorated pass-catching backs of his generation. This is not an offense that, I mean, with the personnel the Jets have, I, I don't, yes, you'd like to see the offense do a little bit more, but I don't think that this is necessarily an offense that's built to run through the tight end. And as far as Safarian Jenkins goes, I, I mean, I think the guy has talent, but uh, this is also a guy who has 55 receptions in the NFL. He's been in the league since 2014. Let's not overstate how effective he's been. Yeah, there's potential there. There have been a couple good, you know, there were some good games in Tampa. But let's not go crazy there. I I think the Jets would be doing themselves a disservice if they just decided they needed to start force-feeding the tight end because this roster, the way it's built right now, and maybe that changes over the offseason, I don't think that's the really the problem with the team. As little production as you've gotten from there, I don't think that you necessarily need an offensive coordinator who uh, is going to focus on the tight end position. Next question deals with the um, Oakland Raiders and the success they've had this season. Uh, Reggie McKenzie and the Oakland coaches built their offense to play to second round, pick Derek Carr's strengths and cover up his weaknesses. They gave him a great offensive line and some playmakers. That's been enough to get them to the playoffs after a three-year three year rebuild project before Carr's unfortunate injury. They coached him, planned him, helped him to succeed. Why can't the Jets do the same? Why do we completely lack any sort of vision and stability? Uh, well, you have to remember the most important part of the equation, and that's Carr's a really good quarterback. He, he, you know, he's a very talented guy who's made good on his talent. The Jets, um, you, know, you don't have to go back that far. Um, go back to 2009, the Jets gave a rookie quarterback, Mark Sanchez, the best offensive line in the league, the best run game, the best defense in the league. Could not walk into a more ideal situation, and 
Sanchez just wasn't the right guy. Um, you know, I don't think it's been for a lack of trying. The Jets aren't trying to put bad players out there. They've just picked the wrong guys. Uh, you know, whether it be the quarterback position, whether it be, you know, offensive line. Um, maybe they haven't invested enough in the offensive line, but they just have made poor personnel decisions. It's easier, much easier said than done to, to bring the right players in. I don't think it's for a lack of effort. And I think that, um, you know, I definitely think the Jets should look to build around the offensive line. I think they should focus on, you know, first of all, finding the right quarterback and then building around that quarterback. But it's just, I mean, at the risk of oversimplifying things, it's tough to pick the right players, and the Jets have been really bad at it by NFL standards. And thank you so much for your questions. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. I'm John B. with gangreennation.com. Please subscribe to the show, iTunes, Audio Boom. Until next time, have a great day, everybody. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Catalyst.